Hello and welcome to the Best Talks. I'm Omkar Chaudhary. In this show, we are in conversation with tycoons of today. So there was a leading newspaper in India which took a poll, and uh, the poll was all about the insignificant occupations. And artist, this is the occupation which ranked number one, or rather topped that particular list. So today we are in conversation with Pawan Rochwani, who is a co-founder at the platform for artist. Pawan, it was literally difficult to chase you, and finally I chased you and brought you on the show. So I'm very proud of myself. And I'm really appreciate your presence on uh, Best Talks, wherein we are in conversation with icons of today. Thank you so much, Omkar. I think uh, COVID was pretty hectic for us because uh, we were trying to, uh, you know, move everything digital because we were majorly in uh, offline experiences. Uh, so that's why. But my apologies. I I didn't intend to make you chase me. I'm happy to do this conversation and really. Wonderful. Yeah, you need not be sorry because definitely uh, understanding your work pressure and body of work, I can definitely understand that and interpret that you are a quite busy man. <laughs> <laughs> right so without wasting any time quickly tell me uh, like amidst the pandemic how are you, how are you dwelling with this artist with this clients and with this brands because there are certain more questions the serious topics that I'll be taking in the in the long run in the conversation but amidst this pandemic how are you dwelling with whole factors that are around you so the playground has completely changed it's it's if i have to give a cricket uh, metaphor and analogy here it's it's like playing in india and now playing in australia or the uk uh, so so the playground for artists and clients and hiring artists and all those things has pretty much changed entirely because um, first of all hiring has you know reduced there are no offline events that are happening uh and you know everyone are every artist is now thinking that okay maybe let's build our online presence so when they are trying to build the online presence that has become very competitive it's not like okay everyone is sitting at their home so everyone is going to consume that content uh the content space has also become really competitive and at the end of the day every consumer has like what 24 hours only so uh initially it was pretty difficult for us but uh you know slowly slowly we we had to adapt to it we had to evolve ourselves according to the pandemic and now i think i i would say now i'm pretty much used to it so uh it's it's like now it's going good all right so now somewhere you have acclimatized yourself to the current scenarios which are happening around the industry yes yes all right so when lockdown was announced what was the first notion that came to your mind because was it uh, let me be honest with this question was lockdown an adversity to you or was it quite fruitful i think when it happened we were uh, pretty uh, i mean we were pretty much disheartened because we already had certain plans you know let's say for example when we are deciding to do uh, a, a big a uh, big event or like a line of events or a series of events we we start planning for that at least 3 4 months before we were planning and collaborating with artists uh partnerships with venues uh marketing campaigns and all those things and things like that and we are we're also blocking our calendar for like uh next 2 3 months so the most disheartening thing for us was that you know all our efforts from let's say december and january it had to you know completely be changed uh so in the beginning it was a little disheartening uh i i wouldn't you know deny that we we were feeling a little uh, you know sad and regretful about it but then it's it's also to understand that this is nobody's fault right it's it's not like uh, omkar has done this to pfa or we ourselves has done this to our business or things like that so we start off so slowly started accepting it and uh, once we started accepting it uh, we kind of aligned our thoughts 
then to how can we make this situation fruitful to us um and uh, in the beginning when when you are in the event space or in the offline experience space the majority and the major concern that you have is how will you bring engagement within that particular webinar or within that particular uh, digital event uh, so initially that was a challenge for us but then we we sort of over the period of uh, let's say around april and may we got a hang of it and we were like okay now uh, we can make this fruitful and now we are trying to make the pandemic more fruitful for us so basically it was a transformation from an adversity to taking an advantage of that adversity exactly because you know this is more like any other problem let's say tomorrow uh, your organization is facing any kind of challenge what obviously initially you are feeling like oh why this problem came to us but then eventually you try to solve that problem and make it fruitful and you know just try to go back to the game that you were in so that's how it was for us this pandemic also the only difference this is that this is a way serious problem and this is a way right. bigger problem you know which which has affected the entire market initially uh, organizations when they face challenges and problems it's very respective and specific to put to that organization circle itself but this is this is like changing the entire market uh, so i think that was a little difficult but again uh, as an entrepreneur i am i'm pretty sure every business uh, man and every entrepreneur would try to you know just evolve and use this crisis as an opportunity also very true very true and uh, pavan coming back to the mainstreams talking about social media so recently i was in conversation with uh, saloni shrivastava and she said she beautifully quoted the words like if you're talking about uh, social media and taking it as a career then definitely it takes time because it's a public oriented uh, uh, industry i would say and it's like at least you need to invest around 3 to 5 years into it a consistent effort and then slowly and steadily you start earning revenue it's unlike the corporates that you get into it you have promotions you get bulk amount of money it's not like that it takes a lot of hard yeah. work and efforts and many people yeah. in this journey of 3 to 5 years they tend to just say that oh this is not happening i'm not able to generate the revenue this sort of drop off so in yeah. this kind of a situation in this kind of a circumstances how do you drive your liquidity how do you drive your sales so this is something that i tell uh, or probably is like a quote Uh, that i have i tell everyone that content game is a marathon it's not a sprint so it's it's not like uh, you know okay i'll create an account today i'll use certain growth hacks on linkedin or twitter or let's say youtube whatever that platform is and then you know in the 6 months of time you will have those uh, 10000 hours of watch time 1000 subscribers on youtube it's it's not like that it's it's really a marathon it's not a sprint you cannot just think that okay uh you know for the next two months i'm going to focus on my youtube and for the next two months i'm going to focus on my linkedin uh it's not easy as that because uh it's it's also interlinked to you know a new term that the content world is you know creating and all these new terms come from the us market uh which is like we are now living in a trust economy even if you're a content creator every piece of content let's say it's an instagram story or a tweet that you put out uh you're trying to build more trust with the consumers of that content uh and every time you put out a piece of content which is uh, not your style which is not yeah. your you know segment uh, you're sort of going to lose that trust with your consumer so i think yeah, right. this is something um 
that i keep telling everyone who's who's going to use social media uh to the to you know monetize it and to make a living out of it that we're living in a trust economy and that content game is a marathon and it's not a sprint and i think what uh, saloni and you might have discussed is something very very apt uh that you know you have to invest certain uh, amount of time you have to uh, unless and until you create cringe content uh then you cannot go viral uh like let's let's say for example dinchak puja dinchak can go viral uh with with one video itself like she can create a small one minute video and she will go viral she will be all over the internet so as long as if you create cringe content then all these things don't apply to you but if you're focused okay. on creating value driven content and if you're focused on creating quality content then i think it it takes a, a little longer time and once you achieve that once you build that uh, uh, trust with let's say 10000 people also then those 10000 people in a slow fake model they will they will itself bring more subscribers and more followers to you so i think right. that's uh, pretty correct what you have discussed with saloni all right also talking about platform for artists it's a kind of a amalgamation between a client between an agency brand and an audience so in this times of social media uh, what we just discussed like you know when revenue earning is quite a tough game it's like a marathon so what is your business model like and i would really like to have insights about like you know how do you guys generate a revenue so we work under two verticals one is uh, community building vertical if you want to say that's one is community building or community development where we are you know are uh, trying constantly connect to connect with as many artists from across the country from every kind of uh, art segment that there is photographers writers uh, musicians dancers everybody so uh, we're constantly trying to build that community through offline events or online proje- projects or content uh, it can be the podcast or blogs anything like that so we are constantly trying to build that community the second vertical is more like a gig marketplace uh, where we help brands and organization hire artists through us uh, let's say uh, somebody is looking for a senior graphic designer uh, which is a full time employment so they come to us and we help them hire that uh, senior graphic designer or let's say uh, if you are a if you're an events company and you know you're looking for a musician to perform at your event or somebody right. is getting married in your family and you're looking for a wedding photographer you don't have to go through so many websites or instagrams and things like that uh, you directly come to a community you say you're looking for a photographer in bangalore delhi uh, kolkata mumbai anywhere that that wherever your requirement is we help you uh, deliver that artist uh, and help you get that service in because the thing is not everyone knows how to judge um art and on what basis to hire artists let's say if right. if we have uh, two wedding photographers uh, who are there in front of you and we just show you their profile uh, the indian market mentality is jo saste mein kar raha hai let's hire that person uh right. but it's not that way it's really uh, you know when we're trying to help somebody hire a, even a wedding photographer them for them we really uh, try to understand from the client that what is the kind of small functions your wedding is going to have or uh, the smallest of details so that we know that photographer understands that culture understands right. these traditions in that particular wedding and that's why it will help him you know easily to capture those memories better for you and have a good end result also for you 
So this this vertical is where we monetize it. Uh, we charge a 10 to 15 percent commission uh, to the client when we uh, when we help them hire these artists. So that's one monetization way of how we make money. Uh, when it was in pre-COVID world and it was entirely offline, this used to go in uh, huge scale. Uh, but because of COVID, offline events have stopped and a lot of hiring has also stopped. So now we're trying to see how we can monetize the community vertical of our, uh, you know, of our organization, maybe through uh, small workshops like we are doing right now, which is this Sunday, we are doing a workshop on email marketing for artists. It's not like uh, it's a small ticket size, but uh, that's how we're trying to monetize it because there's no offline events and no uh, hiring All right. right now. So broadly categorizing, there are two verticals. The one vertical, which is uh, sounding to me like an agency, like, like an agent, which is trying to bridge the gap. And that's where you have a commission to work. And the other vertical is that through the online workshops and the online services that you guys are providing, you tend to sort of earn a revenue through that. Yes. Yes. Wonderful. Wonderful. So, uh, Pavan, on an average, and I wouldn't say, I'm not particularly talking about the lockdown phase, okay? On an average, on a daily day, when there's no lockdown, everything is as normal, what are the obstacles that you guys face? And how do you guys just, uh, like, you know, counter it? So the biggest uh, challenge that we used to face pre-COVID world was, uh, it was very difficult for people to, you know, uh, and I'm saying client, uh, in this case. So it was very difficult for clients to understand that uh, good work uh, and good quality of creative work comes with good price. Uh, it's not just as simple as, okay, um, if this pen is for 10 rupees, but if it's of a different brand, this would be for hundred bucks or something like that. Uh, it, it isn't as simple as that uh, in the creative segment, in the art segment. And you really cannot even judge based on, you know, where this, a designer has done his or her degree from or uh, how many clients this uh, designer has or things like that. It's, it's very uh, subjective and, you know, dependent on what exact requirement of the client is. So this was one obstacle that we faced on the client side. Uh, the second obstacle that we faced in the creative community side was, uh, you know, not a lot of artists are very, uh, you know, habituated to having professional negotiations and that professional communication with different clients, uh, because some of uh, these artists uh, are also, you know, starting uh, as freelancers in the very beginning of this stage. Yeah, right. uh, let's say who is a content writer. This this person will not know what contracts to sign before you are getting into a freelance agreement with someone. Uh, so these things, which were, you know very, very much uh, behavioral change that was supposed to be, uh, you know, coming in the entire creative ecosystem. That is something that were two of our major obstacles, if I have to say. Other than that, there are obviously small, small obstacles like, okay, um, some, some client uh, does some normal bullshit and things like that and all those things. But these were the two major obstacles, I would say. 
all right all right so i think it was quite interesting to know that obstacles and how did you guys just face it through so like coming towards the the mainstream question uh, you just spoke uh, back like you know talking about the online space because of the lockdown because of this unprecedented times everything has shifted to digital okay there is a digital transcend i would say and uh, due to lockdown people have got a lot of time the traveling time has cut off and even i know these guys are working from home but the traveling time has cut off and there's a lot of time with the people and hence the content creation is really increasing on the social media i would say that there is a content saturation because everybody i would say in my, in my society there are 10 new content creators which are uh, generated i would say someone has started their instagram page for food someone has started it for art someone has started it for photography so there is so much of content saturation so is that impacting your business or is that somewhere uh, not super on a positive end touching it uh, like it's, is that somewhere touching to you in a negative side see so this is always bound to happen let's say um, you know because there is no barrier to entry uh, let's say anybody can create an instagram account anybody can create a facebook or youtube account or twitter whatever these accounts are there is no barrier to enter for anybody to be a content creator it's as easy as having an email address and then you know just going ahead and downloading an app there is free geo network and all these things so it's pretty much easy but what uh, you know the real challenge is do you survive for like next 5 months 6 months do you survive for the next 12 months 24 months 36 months and things like that uh, because i mean this is this is pretty much you know i have also observed that somebody i mean this is literally like this in 2017 was the early period when we started uh, somebody actually created another platform for artists like they literally copied the exact exact instagram username and that instagram bio uh, same logo and things like that and and i was pretty happy to you know just see that initial thought was obviously why this person is copying me but then i thought can i stop this like if if i stop this person can i stop the other 130 uh, billion billion people that we have in our country or around the world so i was just like okay let them enter let them enjoy the whole challenge is can you execute it really well can you survive can you sustain it for like 12 months 24 months 36 months because uh, obviously it's pretty difficult as i said uh, even if somebody is starting their content journey during the lockdown i mean this is a common notion or you know common understanding that oh everyone is sitting at home and you know they are there to consume your content but it's not like that you see uh, people are consuming more content to the people who the, who were they already subscribed uh, it's not like they are consuming new form of content it's like uh, you know already they 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 trust netflix so they are going to watch something on netflix or if they uh, already are subscribed or like any content creator or uh, like let's say filter copy or uh, you know mostly seen on youtube or things like that they would consume that content more it's not right. like they will consume new content more yeah so, so the, the people have already that... established their relationships with the uh, audience i think they are in a great benefit exactly so i mean naturally the content consumption of audience has increased but it's not the new content creators uh, that they are interacting with it's it's already people like filter copy uh, or dice media or uh, you know wise news and things like that so they are consuming that content more and that's why also netflix this month announced like 17 original films or series uh, netflix original for july and august so i think uh, they understand that the consumption is more and this content will be consumed rather than somebody who will create a new food page or a, a new tiktok or a new youtube channel 
so this is a very big myth or a bubble that's floating out there that i can be a creator today i'll create a new instagram page and everybody will follow me or subscribe me no this is not happening out there uh, please i think yeah that. that that is a big myth which was the existing in the society out there and probably once this episode is out people will be like oh is that the reality because if you think that uh, in the lockdown i'll just utilize and create something new and i'll get a lot of creators i think that's not going to be the case right because already the people have established their relationship that that networking with the audience they are going to be in a high gain definitely i mean let's right. let's consider um, to the podcast also so we we took a little break uh, in the lockdown after our season 1 uh, and when we came back with the season 2 of when we met podcast and we we saw a little rise in the number of listeners but people who just started their podcast they they still had to establish that trust with them so right i mean there's a difference it's not like okay i'll create a new podcast and you know everybody will listen to me or they'll follow me and things like that there's a big difference and this myth needs to be spoken of on the internet right very true and pavan quickly uh, asking you the last question uh, in the beginning of the conversation you told me that the online presence has really increased the offline events have been really scrapped down because of the lockdown because of the social distancing and the, the unprecedented times due to covid-19 so how long is this impact going to be staying or like when are the chances of reopening of the offline events going to be happening see uh offline events at least for india i don't think unless and until we don't have that vaccine uh, anybody uh, you know can you know take the risk of going offline and you know hosting something because let's say we we form new tribes of connection uh, new tribes of infections uh, of covid because of of that offline event it's a very risky thing and uh, india's health infrastructure is not as great as of australia uk or us whatever you want to say so unless and until we don't get that vaccine and we don't get every person in this country uh, you know uh, get vaccinated it's pretty difficult to do very intimate engaging offline events obviously something that that happened in germany where uh, in a parking lot in everyone was sitting in their cars itself and there was a dj who was playing so things like that can happen but if you if you're talking about something like an nh7 weekender or a sunburn happening where everybody is roaming around hugging each other drinking beer on the beach and things like that it will happen only if the every person in this country is vaccinated uh one difficulty that we are creating for ourselves uh, for offline events is that the more and more webinars and online workshops we are doing we are making people habituated of uh, having them get knowledge and get that entertainment by sitting at their home so when you open everything and you ask them to go take an ola take an uber and come to this venue and attend our event through by coming into traffic and things like that it's going to be pretty difficult to break this behavioral change also because uh, i really don't want to go to offline events anymore uh, i really want to enjoy you know sitting at my uh, home in my room and and you know learning everything that i would learn by spending 500 bucks more because of uh, the travel and spending let's say 2 hours more because of traffic especially people who are in uh, bombay or metro cities so uh, yeah offline events i don't think so uh, in india especially you might see uh, it starting in uh, other countries but not in india we cannot our health system cannot afford more infections and more uh, cases 
Right. So it's going to be taking a long time, a long duration, the entire offline events to commence. So till that time, I think the PFA is going to be sticking down to online courses and the online webinars and workshops. Yes, of course. I mean, there's there's no other option. So for a long run, is there something, uh, any plans that you have got? So we were thinking of how we can start uh, India's first membership only art community. Uh, okay, so what know, is that? Because it's it's like let's say uh, you know right now it's it's totally free for you to consume any kind of content that we are creating or any kind of uh, you know blogs that we are writing or the podcast show that we do. It's it's completely free for everyone to uh, you know just listen to it. Uh, but if you go into a subscription based model, let's say Omkar will have to uh, pay for example thousand bucks for a year to you know be a part of the community and then get access to all that content that we create uh, which are very value driven for uh, every kind of artist let's say uh, if you're writing a blog about how to create your portfolio on behance or how to uh, you know start your freelance journey and things like that it's a very valuable content and value very valuable piece of information for the uh, you know members and uh, naturally when you pay for something even if it's as small as 1000 bucks for one entire year, uh, you take more, uh, you, you engage with it more. You consume it very consciously and you consume it mindfully uh, thinking that, oh, I have spent 1000 bucks. I need to, uh, you know, consume this uh, mindfully and cautiously and consciously. So that's something that we are trying to, uh, you know, think about and play around because today, Forming an engaging community is uh, very difficult and it takes a lot right. of effort. Uh, right. Obviously, and you uh, can have 100 followers or 100k followers, 1 million followers and things like that. But how many of them get engaged with you on a daily basis? Right. That's what we are trying to uh, solve for us. As a and uh, Pavan, uh, I know that this wasn't the niche, but I'm really intrigued to tell you two more things. When you spoke about this entire community, which is like, you know, a revenue-driven model. So wherein it is value-driven content has been uploaded. And you give me an example of a portfolio. So let me just take ahead that entire uh, example out. So if I'm talking about a portfolio, making a portfolio, if I just go on online and just search about how do I make a portfolio, I get so many links out there. So yeah. why should I go and pay that money and get a uh, get a content which is like you know where i have to pay money and uh, then i can get to refer it because there are, yeah, and there will yeah. be so many more creators which will be coming up and posting the blogs which are available for free so do you find a glitch somewhere in this entire system i mean definitely you are an entrepreneur you have thought about it so this is a kind of a doubt that i have could you please resolve it so this this will be more catered towards the indian creative market the blogs that you might see today uh, let's say if it's related to design the the first blog probably that might pop up will be by this design design agency called the future uh, and you know uh, but they they're writing it and creating that for uh, a us based creative audience it's not for the indian market and the reason why somebody should trust us with their even amount as like thousand bucks uh, is because we have understood the client size client side of the indian market as well as the creative side of the indian market so i think that's why you should put your uh, thousand bucks uh, in a community and a membership driven community rather than uh, you know maybe just consuming something uh, not very consciously all right. So something here is the content which you guys will be providing here is something for the Indian origin, uh, aligned with the Indian ethics and the Indian culture. Exactly. Like there are smallest of problems. Like let's say uh, 
a musician who's performing uh, at restaurants like offline gigs uh, when this was pre-COVID uh, world. So a lot of musicians, they faced the challenge that restaurants were not paying them on time. Uh, let's say if today was your gig and you know they get paid, paid after two months, three months and sometimes they not even get paid. But I'm pretty sure this doesn't happen in the US. So, so nobody is going to talk about it. But how do you jugardify your ways uh, you know, and be polite also with the restaurants and, you know, because you want to get those cakes and things like that. So this is something that's very, uh, you know, Indian creative uh, economy types. And it's not like, okay, we're just going to talk about what's global scene is happening or how to get more Spotify listens and things like that. That's something you'll find on the internet. But how do you make sure you build that rapport with a restaurant who's giving okay. you gifts at the same time also get your money at, you know, right yeah, yeah. A step ahead. <laughs> all right, all right. So, Pavan, I think uh, we are at the end of this conversation and I truly enjoyed uh, having a word with you. And it was quite significant and relevant uh, talking about the Adamus, the COVID times. So, once again, thank you so much for being on Biz Talks. Thank you. I am happy to uh, be on, the, on your show, Umkar. Uh, thank you so much for inviting me. I hope this conversation helps uh, at least one person, if if not a lot of million listeners or anybody, but at least one person who can probably take uh, this conversation insightful and maybe implement uh, in their organization also. Definitely. So basically the show is produced by ESL Vset, which is an institute, which is an engineering institute. So this show is going to be open to like almost 2000 plus people. So I think you can really bet for like more people than just one. <laughs> All right. So basically, this was a conversation wherein um, there's an unquenched thirst on the Pavan side, wherein he's just working hard and constantly uh, trying to chase the ideas, whereas my thirst is really quenched after talking to him about entrepreneurship. So all the beautiful listeners out there, please tune in to Biz Talks, wherein we are always in conversation with some exotic and amazing entrepreneurs. So this was the last episode, the season finale of Biz Talk. Thank you so much for your love and support. Keep stay tuned to Biz Talks because we are in conversation with tycoons of today. Me, Omkar Chaudhary, signing off for the very last time. Thank you so much.